created a life for ourselves that we're so proud of and just so grateful to be living out every day. Welcome to the Live Well, Be Bold podcast, a podcast on personal growth and self-expression. I'm your host, Carla Gregg, and I'm here to empower you to branch out and let go of fears. Every week, you'll get insight on how to be bold by simply bettering yourself in all aspects. Be sure to head over to the Live Well, Be Bold Facebook group to continue the conversation after each episode. Be bold by defining the path to your own life. Hi, you bold souls. Before I get this episode started, I want to remind you guys to follow Live Well Be Bold on Instagram and be sure to join the Facebook group where you will connect with like-minded individuals who want to better themselves in all aspects of life. All right, so I'm very excited about this episode because I have my first guests joining me and they happen to be my best friends. So Jen Fernandez and Michael Broussard, they're a couple who own a production company together called Living Locket Films. I have known them since college. We were all studying television production, and since then, we have grown such a strong friendship They are people who are constantly pushing me to do better. So in this episode, they talk about starting their business. If you guys are starting a small business or you want to make a change in your career, this is the episode for you. Jen and Michael are so open to discussing the good and the bad. So I know you guys will take a lot from this conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys, welcome to today's podcast. I'm here with two very special guests. Um, Their names are Jen and Michael from Living Locket Films. Hey there. Excited to have you guys here. I mean, first off, these two are some of my closest friends, best friends, actually. And so I just love showing them off because they are doing incredible things. They have this production company called Living Locket Films. Their company is just... It just has such heart to it, and I want them to share more about it. So I'm going to pass on the mic to you guys and share about your why. Why you guys got this company started. First off, thanks for having us on the show. We're honored. We're excited to be here. Um, But I think Jen can, can start it off. The company started a few months prior, just unofficially, when Michael and I filmed a tribute video to honor my mom. My mom passed away when I was 17 from pancreatic cancer, so Michael never got to meet her, and he would ask me questions about her, you know, obviously he and I are in a relationship, and he'd ask me, like, what was your mom like, things like that, and it got to the point where I kind of realized, like, the vivid memories of her were fading, and I couldn't, like, pinpoint specific moments that we shared anymore, and, like, I'd have to like take out a photo album and kind of like refresh my memory, which was a scary thought because it's like, it was almost like losing my mom for a second time. Michael had this really cool idea that I was really excited about that we could film a tribute video to kind of tell her story so that he could get to know her and then we'd have this forever. Like I could always have it to look back at when I felt like, you know, I wanted her presence to be stronger in my life and we could share it with our kids and future generations can just know who she is because she was such an incredible person. So we created a tribute video. She was a teacher, an elementary school teacher. So we had colleagues of hers all come together to share stories and memories, past students, friends, family members, like pretty much anyone who she influenced or who she had a relationship with, we brought together to share their perspective and their stories and memories and put together a documentary that told her story through their voices. So... That was kind of the start of 
creating videos. You guys clearly have a passion for that, especially because of your personal story with this um, company that you guys have created. But before you guys started this, you were working in Hollywood. So I wanted to, before we get into more of like your why and like what your purpose behind everything is besides just like your personal story, which is so special. What made you guys just kind of like cut the cord with that and say like, okay, I'm going to start my own company. Well, I was working at Nickelodeon for Nick Cannon on his show, Teen Nick Top 10 Music Countdown. And it just, there was no fulfillment. Like it was exciting to say I worked for Nickelodeon and that still today helps me get jobs. But I was putting so much of my time and effort and just everything into the show that I didn't even care about. It was a paycheck for me. And once the hype of being able to say I worked for Nickelodeon died down and being able to say that I'm editing and filming for my first TV show, once like the glamour of that died away, all that I was left with was like a product that I wasn't proud of. So it was kind of like soul sucking. Jen was working for the creative lab at Nickelodeon. So we were both like had this title at Nickelodeon, which was really cool, but also, Jen, like, hated her time there. I mean, I wouldn't say hated. Like, getting the job at Nickelodeon, first off, was amazing because I had always wanted to work on kids' television. Like, coming out of college, that was my goal. And my professor was always like, why kids' shows? And I was like, I don't know. I love them. Like, I want to end up at Disney or Nickelodeon. And within, like, a few months of graduating, I get a call from Nickelodeon with a job offer. Like, it was amazing, and it was, like the dream route you know but once I got into it like Michael said it's kind of it's it's corporation you know and like I guess you're you're your part idea, of the machine you know yeah and your idea of like what it is isn't the actuality of it and there's no slime <laughs> actually there was slime we did a few slime shows oh um, dang I didn't get that you got to live your childhood dream I know I know it was, and it was a lot of fun, and I had a lot of great experiences and wouldn't take it back for anything, but, um, you know, just, like, as the years progressed, I was there for two years, you kind of, like, it kind of gets so repetitive, and also you realize, like, it's a corporation when it comes down to it, and it's a huge name that a lot of people want to work for, so, I mean, in a sad way, you're kind of, like, not valued, because you're so easily replaceable. Like, they could find anyone who wants to work for Nickelodeon at a low rate, no matter, like, how good you are. They don't always see Some, your value. Someone's so think, gonna do it. I think for me, like, that was, that was the turning point when I realized, like, I'm not valued here. Yeah. And I have more to offer, and they're not really allowing me to do that, so I need to step away. Well, while we were both working for Nickelodeon, that's when we had the idea to make this tribute video for Jen's mom. So we had made that video and it was more rewarding than we ever even imagined. And then during that same time, after we filmed the tribute video, we filmed a documentary of my grandma and then one of Jen's grandpa. So they were both like 90 at the time. On a Saturday, we did a 90-minute interview of Jen's grandpa. And then on Sunday, we did a 90-minute interview of my grandma. And this was before Living Locket Films was even a, an idea. We just simply wanted to capture the stories of our family members. So after doing the tribute video, after filming our grandparents, uh, we were like, 
holy crap, this is amazing. Like everyone should have one of these. And grandma went into critical care and we all thought we were going to lose her. And we were waiting. Just like within weeks of filming, right? Yeah. And we were waiting in the um, hallway of the hospital. Like family was flying in over the country. We all said our goodbyes. Like we thought for sure this was it. But I had this sense of comfort because I knew we filmed her documentary. We had 90 minutes of her. Sharing her story and... And like capturing her persona too. I think that's the really cool part about this. Like we're capturing someone's essence on camera. Like you could turn this on and watch them. You hear their voice, you hear their laughter, you, you see their smile. Like everything about them just like radiates through the screen of the television. So it's so cool because like it's something that you could just, something tangible that you can have to always ensure that you like are holding on to those who mean something to you, you know? Seems like with this, you do get that fulfillment that you were missing working in Hollywood. And um, personally knowing you guys, I remember going and shooting part of this uh, legacy video that you guys did for Jen's mom. Mm -hmm. And I remember just like being there, all the hard work that you guys put into it, because it's not easy. I mean, you guys are a team of two. Um, and you guys have all this professional equipment that they would use on like a Hollywood set and it's just you two doing all of this. But what I really admired in that sense is like, you guys are very good storytellers and the questions that you guys ask, you guys are like amazing at interviews and you really capture people's like true essence when they're talking about this person that they're remembering. And thank you. During one of those moments, I remember you, Michael, um, crying, seeing Jen cry when she was talking about her mom. Has there been moments with other people that you, that you have interviewed that you're like, oh my God, I'm trying to film, but I have to hold back the tears. Like, can you Heck share one of those? Yes. I'm so emotional. Like every wedding we filmed, I worked for a TV show where we filmed weddings. Every wedding I had a moment where I had to like suck it up and not cry. Every time we do an interview, Every single time, there's at least once where I have to hold it in. And I think because I just get like this over, overwhelming like feeling of, of, or like a realization of what we're actually doing for this family. When we film a documentary of someone's grandparents, you feel the weight of that in the room. And you just know how important that this film is for this family and how this two hours that we're giving them filming it is so freaking priceless and they're gonna appreciate this literally for generations. So that always hits me during the interview of like, wow. When, when I feel myself getting emotional, I kind of tell myself like, this isn't about you. This isn't your moment, like suck it up, get it together, like keep yourself grounded because no one wants the cameraman crying as they're telling <laughs> their life story. But luckily I get to hide behind the camera because yeah. I'm wiping my tears, but no one knows. <laughs> so although you guys are very passionate about what you do, and especially because it first came from like a personal experience, and then you guys wanted to be able to do this for other families, to give value for these families to have their loved ones' legacies live on forever. Mm -hmm. um, but you guys are so talented in what you do that people in Hollywood are willing to trust you. I mean, like, you guys do some pretty awesome work. You guys have worked with some big names like James Corden, Kylie Jenner, Gal Gadot, 
Will Farrell, am I missing some other people? Do you guys want to name drop right now? This is your, this is your opportunity to. <laughs> did you say John Legend? I did not. John Legend, wow. Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys have worked with some incredible people. How have those opportunities arrived at your footsteps? Okay, so it started off, I helped out a friend on this free photo gig because I just wanted to learn about photography. And then there was a guy on that shoot that I connected with and I was just asking him questions about how he's gotten to where he is in his career and we kind of just hit it off and he hit me up two years later which is pretty crazy and he asked me to come on to this gig i forgot who the celebrity was but i was i came back a few times to help him out photo assisting and they were all with like these high profile celebrities and then once I kind of felt comfortable with them, I was like, hey, just so you know, I also film. So if you ever need any behind the scenes stuff, um, I can do that. My fiance is a shooter as well. So eventually he brought us on to our first celebrity gig, which was with Elizabeth Banks. And then we crushed that one. So after that, he just now he always brings us back for all these celebrity shoots and that's how we've got them. Yeah. That's awesome. So you guys um, work as a couple. How is it working as a couple on like just these larger productions, but also just with these legacy buildings? Like who takes on what? I know, Jen, you are basically like the producer. You you gather all the talent. You set up all the like emails, the gigs, everything. Everything that just goes behind the scenes. But you've also taken the role as camera operator uh, mm. michael's a cinematographer how is it working with your plus one <laughs> i definitely feel like we have a special like unique relationship not everyone can work with their significant other we know a lot of especially older couples who will be like i can't imagine being with them 24 hours a day um so it definitely you know we just have a certain vibe where it works but um, we definitely we balance each other out. So he does things that I'm not good at and I do things that and not necessarily not good at but just he has fortes and I have fortes and together it's like powerhouse. So it's just a great combination. It works well. We don't really step on each other's toes because we're not doing the same tasks. So I think that's what makes it work really well is that we both have our own tasks to do. Like you said, I do a lot of the producing, a lot of the emails and coordinating, um, scheduling. Michael helps with scheduling too. And then he's a lot of the technical stuff. So equipment, cameras, like setting up lighting, he's into that stuff. So we're just not really crossing a line with each other. I think the biggest thing with us or with couples who work together is we just, really respect each other and I think that's why we don't step on each other's toes is because I know Jen's amazing at what she does and she feels the same way about me so there's this level of trust with each other and anytime there is some type of dispute we're really good about talking it out and presenting our points and we have to take the ego away which can be hard sometimes but really for the most part like making those decisions because we respect each other so much, there's an ease to it. Yeah, and I know like it's cliche to say communication is everything, but honestly, communication is so important when we're around each other 24-7 and we're in front of clients and high-profile people. Like We have to be able to communicate well 
and communicate discreetly and quickly and so communication is huge to be able to effectively and efficiently get through shoots you mentioning high profile clients like working in hollywood can be fun but it's also just it's a game right there's just a lot that you have to do in order to make it to the top and i feel like a lot of the times you know not trying to be controversial but like men have it a little easier it's harder for women to almost be well respected and i know jen for you like you just started maybe like a, it's been two years a year correct me if i'm wrong but you you know as a camera operator like mm -hmm. how has that how have you transitioned from being like just a producer for this company to now being a camera operator and how do guys on set take that have you had to deal with any like just negative feedback from them maybe saying like you can't do this type of stuff or maybe you feeling that way and how do you go about that um don't forget your first camera operating gig was on a tv show that airs locally on cbs yeah <laughs> Yeah, so getting my foot in the door with camera operating, this was a example of fake it till you make it. <laughs> um, I hadn't operated camera before. Like with our business, I've obviously hit record and done simple, basic things, but putting like a cinema cam camera in my hands and having me go shoot a TV show, I'd never done that. But Michael got a job on this television show and told the producers that hey, me and my fiance work together, she can be second cam, he was DP, um, can she come on the show? And they were just kind of like, yep, <laughs> let's do it. So luckily, like, I kind of just got a lucky break, honestly. Um, and then being on set, it was a learning curve, but like I said, Michael and I work really well together, and that's where, like, quick communication comes in handy because we're able to kind of like look at each other and just communicate with the look sometimes which really helped me on set whether it was like giving me reassurance or giving me an answer to how to operate this camera that was now in my hands but um I felt like I picked it up pretty quickly but as far as being a woman camera operator I did have some instances like not necessarily with them judging me and my ability to camera operate but this was a travel show, so we were constantly walking around and I had this 15 pound camera. And there's a lot of times where I guess the, the host was like being a gentleman, but he'd be like, we're going up a flight of stairs and he'd be like, oh, let me carry your camera. Like, as if I couldn't do it, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, it's fine, I got this. Like, so there were moments like that where I felt like I had to prove myself as though like I can handle a 12 hour day with a 15 pound camera like I'm a badass you know <laughs> I, th I think oftentimes people take your quietness as weakness yeah and they're just wrong two situations that I'm just looking into with what you said how you guys got started like you Michael with the whole being a photographer doing this for for free and or, or for like a low-paying gig yeah. um, just to kind of shadow somebody and then Jen you basically shadowing Michael into doing the camera operating. Mm -hmm. Those two moments right there is just proof that you don't really need to know everything to get started. And yeah. I think that you guys, since the beginning, have been the definition of like, okay, we have a vision, we're just going to get started, we're going to do it. 
So like what drove you guys to just like let go of those fears and say like, okay, it's just time. We have to like, we have to learn. We have to let go of the fears and just do it. I don't know if I even let go of the fear necessarily. Like I definitely went into camera operating fearful. Like I was so scared for the first day. How are these people going to look at me? Like, are they going to be watching my shots on a monitor being like, what is she doing? Am I going to like have my color temperature correct? Am I going to hit record? Am I going to forget to record? Like there were fears for sure. And I don't think I necessarily let go of fear, but there, for me, it's like when an opportunity comes, don't let it pass you by. Like I knew this was a big opportunity for me and for us in our careers. So I took it, even though it was something scary, I was like, let's do this. It's going to push us forward. I think that when you're put into a position where you aren't familiar with the task at hand, as long as you say, yes, I know how to do it, as, lo as long as you have a day to prepare, then you're good. Like I knew Jen had never used this camera that we we're using on this TV show, but I'm like, yeah, she knows how to use it because by the time we film, yeah, she's going to know how to use it. So I, like I was teaching her the night before the shoot how to use the camera. But like I feel like it's so silly to say like, nope, she's never used the camera, has no idea. Like why even say that if you're going to learn how to use it anyways? We're pretty good about like if we see an opportunity, we go for it. Um, maybe there's things that we saw and thought that and never applied for. You know, yeah. maybe a situation like that, but for the most part, I think we're pretty you guys aggressive. Just go, you guys just go for it and kind of take the opportunity and yeah. like Michael said, learn along the way or yeah. learn beforehand. Yeah. As long as it's something we, we want to do, we're going to go after it. There's times where people are like, can you photograph this event? Even if the pay is good, I say no, just because like, I don't claim myself as a photographer. I don't want to be a photographer. But when it comes to video or directing or editing. All right. So you mentioned that you don't take on photography gigs no matter how, like, high the, the rate is just because you are solely focused on making videos. So is there any moment that you take on maybe, like, collaborations or even free work? Yeah. Kind of with every job that comes our way, Jen and I have a discussion of what are we going to get out of this? Because a lot of time people only look at money. And they're like, this is my day rate. How dare they offer me anything below this? Like, I'm too good for this. So we've never really had that mentality. We look at like, okay, if the pay is bad, what else is there for us? Is there great networking opportunities? Is this a video that we could use for a reel? Uh, because maybe it's in a market that we've never filmed before. Or sometimes it's the opposite and it's a really well-paid gig but there's no networking, the content is crap, and we don't care about it, but it's a paycheck. So you kind of just got to look at what's the value with each project that you take in because it's not always money. I kind of follow my intuition a lot, and when something feels right, that's when I go for it. Right now we actually have a lot going on in a lot of different spaces, and we do kind of feel a little bit spread thin. Um, we we do the reality television we're trying to start our own reality tv show we're also getting into narrative work and we have living locket films so we have like a lot of niches a lot of different things going on but they all feel so strong and so right right now that it's kind of just finding a balance to be able to propel them all forward and if one starts to feel stronger then that's where we put our energy into 
accelerating that to the next level. I don't know, we found success in doing multiple things at once, so I don't think it's good to limit yourself in that sense. And also sometimes you discover new things that you're really into that you didn't know that you were interested in. So it's a good learning opportunity. I feel like you guys are a lot about taking on opportunities and learning new things. Like you guys yeah. are not afraid to try new things. And I think that is so important. Like, you know, it's great to own that. Like I'm an expert. I'm great at doing this, but also being like, I'm a serial learner. And like, there's so much more that I have yet to learn. So what is something that you guys would love to take on and learn for, to, you know, excel your business even more? Is there anything? I really want to create our TV show. Yeah. So that's something that I want to continue to learn about. I want to continue to research how to get a TV show on air and just what it takes to produce that. How to pitch to networks, perhaps. I yeah, yeah. all that. Yeah, I'm super into the television show right now. I think we have a really good concept and we're working with some really awesome people. Um, so I'm excited about that. But also something I'm really excited to learn about is narrative because we haven't really done narrative form content since college. Um, and that's kind of been something that's been presented to us recently. And I'm really excited to do that because a lot of what we do is documentary reality style. So it's kind of capturing the world for what it is. And narrative is just a neat, creative world where you create things. You know, you get to stylize things with lighting and wardrobe and characters. And so I'm excited to kind of dive into that world a little bit. Yeah, it's so interesting with film versus reality because film, every detail on camera matters. You know, like the couch cushions or the color of the couch or the freaking threading on the couch. Or the candy wrapper sitting in the trash can. Yeah, like every, the lighting, the time of day, the hairstyle, everything matters. So that's so interesting to me where you have to shape it completely. Yeah. That but, seems like it would be very um, like overwhelming to jump into something so new and, and to do that right away. Like if somebody were to give you guys the opportunity right now, like I want you guys to shoot a narrative and obviously that's gonna be a learning curve, mm -hmm. but you guys clearly do take risks. Like you guys are bold. And oh, this podcast overall is just about, you know, sitting down with people and hearing about their experiences, but them taking chances. And I feel like you guys are constantly taking chances. But five years ago, like what was one of your guys' biggest fears? For me, that I wasn't good enough. That I wasn't good enough to film, that I wasn't good enough to edit, like good enough for the next project. Because you always compare yourself to other people. For me, I think my fear was failure, which is so many other people's fear. Um, because going I mean, coming out of high school, going into college, I was a biology major, and my whole life path was to become a veterinarian. Like, that's what I was going to do since I was five years old, and then suddenly at the age of 19, I'm like, I'm going to go into film, actually. <laughs> so it was like a big um, career move for me, and also I think my dad and my grandpa and family members kind of had the idea of me being a vet ingrained so deeply in their minds that switching to like this creative job of being a filmmaker with um, not a not steady career, you know, was scary for everyone. So there was a lot of pressure on my shoulders. But like, if I fail, I'm letting these people down, like, because it was already a big move to switch careers. 
So I just felt a lot of pressure to make sure I was successful in this field to kind of prove people wrong that were like, are you sure you don't want to be a vet? Like, you're not going forward with that anymore? Are you sure? Yeah. And, you know, even to this day, five years later, like, we have our own business and I've we've had great success and we're still growing, but my grandpa will still ask me, are you sure you don't want to go back to school and become a vet? <laughs> so it's just, you know, there's like that motivation, but then also that pressure that creates some fear. Our ability to work together so well is on so many levels, one being family, because like you hear Jen talking about her family who's, uh, there's skepticism around what we do. And then with my family, it's just like, you could do it, like blind love, where they don't question anything, which is good and bad. And with Jen's family, it's good and bad. So it's great that my side is like, go, 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 you got it. Like, you could do it. And then Jen's family is a little bit more, I don't know if I like the word realistic, but they question more. Mm -hmm. So it kind of puts this fire under us. Like if Jen's family was like mine, we wouldn't have as much drive. The times where I feel like we really buckle down and push forward is when people really question, like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. Like, how are you using your time? Are you making enough money? Like, those questions that we don't want to ask ourselves often. Yeah. And if no one asked us that, and if no one pissed us off, there would be no fire under us. So. I mean, I think the fire is there, but it definitely fuels the fire. And makes yes. It grow. Yeah. Because we're driven people, like... We, we've created this whole business and we're continuing to grow and, and find different networks and find different opportunities. So we're definitely um, self-motivated. Yeah, we went door to door for Living Lockup yeah. Games at one point. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> oh, I remember that. All right, so um, you know, it is important to have people who push you and who believe in you. And I feel like you guys have that support system. Mm -hmm. In the beginning when you first started your business, like, it was not easy, and I do remember the flyers time when you guys were creating those flyers. They were very cute. <laughs> <laughs> we still have like three hundred oh, over there. Oh man! But yeah. your guys' like work now just shows like you can just post it on digital, and everyone's just in awe of what you do. When you guys first started your business. Obviously, you guys um, were trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. You, you mentioned flyers. Now you guys have an amazing website, so you're clear clearly building up every day and you're growing. Um, but what were some sacrifices that you guys had to make like in the beginning, starting your business in order for it to move forward? Well, I mean, in the beginning, like just starting our business, the biggest thing was stepping away from Nickelodeon. We had full-time jobs and we both stepped away from that because we really were passionate about Living Log Films and wanted to pursue that and grow that. So that was one of our big moves early on. Um, and then from there, some of the sacrifices were um, we moved in with my dad so that we could save money and have money to pursue building a business because there's a lot that goes into it. Um, we needed equipment off the bat to be able to film these. We, need, we needed to, like, like you mentioned, print flyers and create marketing material that we could go out and hand to people and flyers. try to get the word out. Talking about flyers makes it seem like we started our business in 1990. <laughs> like <laughs> we had a lot to learn. Yeah, we did. I, and that's another thing too. Like neither of us had any business experience. We didn't go to school for business. So it was an entire learning curve of us Googling how to start a business. Everything from 
going down to the city of LA to file as a proper business to like, you know, growing it, marketing it. It was all a huge learning curve. Well, I think anyone that's an entrepreneur or going into like acting or a musician or anything like that, it's a complete lifestyle change. So it's like, yeah, you could love filmmaking, but do you love the lifestyle of a filmmaker? And I think that's, that is what makes someone, uh, makes it a hobby for someone and a career path for someone. Do you, can you withstand the lifestyle? And then the, the thing on top of that is, can you withstand this lifestyle long enough to where you start making money? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's not so much about talent, it's about how long you can last. I think it's always coming from a place of gratitude. Like we're, we feel so freaking grateful that we get to live here at Jen's dad's house and save money and take risks. We're so grateful that we get to spend our days editing from home, that we get to film these awesome celebrities, or we get to hear the stories of people who lived through internment camps. Like we've created a life for ourselves that we're so proud of and just so grateful to be living out every day. Mm-hmm. And I think too, like it depends on the person and their lifestyle because for us, like a big personal goal is to be able to buy a house, which is why we decided to move in with my dad to save. Um, but for other people, renting an apartment, you know, is satisfactory. Like they're happy doing that. So it's just a different like lifestyle choice for us. And that's why we've decided to do that. But it's just been an awesome opportunity. But also like we've cut back a lot on like hanging out with friends, not so much well, kind of now, but in the beginning, especially starting, like, when friends want to go out and do stuff, and this is pretty fresh out of college, where people are still, let's go to a bar, let's do this, and, like, we constantly had to turn things down or offer, like, cheaper alternatives, like, hey, let's just hang out at the house, and, like, sometimes it felt like we were the lame friends, you know, that didn't want to go out and do anything, but we just had this big goal in mind that was so important to us and also it kind of like filters out your friends where you find out who your real friends are like the people who can just come over and hang out on the couch and watch tv and talk those are the homies (laughs) like those are those are the good friends the ones that support you in your journey and understand like i get that you don't want to spend money right now i get that you're saving and like go like good for you you know so Shout out to me. I'm one of the yeah, cool homies. Yeah, shout out to Kyla Gray. <laughs> Which I actually want to transition. You guys were a big part of me just taking those risks, like creative risks, entrepreneurial risks, and all of that. Um, what like advice do you guys have for somebody who's wanting to just, you know, start? Okay, my big thing, and this is kind of our slogan on our website too, is what's your story? Like, ask yourself, what's your story? Because as long as you're following your passion and you know going for it you're just writing your own story your own path like you can't really uh you can't really resemble somebody else's journey towards success like you're gonna have your own story to tell and your own journey so i don't necessarily like the idea of giving somebody advice on like how to approach it but more just follow your passion and something that really inspires me is We work with this homeless youth organization once a year, and there's this kid there who, every time we go, he has a camera in his hands, and he's filming, and he comes and asks us questions. 
he asks us like the settings on his camera and he's getting friends together. This kid is homeless, living in LA. He saved enough money to buy a camera and he's creating content and he considers himself an entrepreneur and a business person and he's creating content and doing it. Like And he wear and he wears that proudly too. Yeah. So I think like no matter your situation, no matter your resources, if you're passionate about something, create a story and make it happen. And it's a lot easier said than done, but I think that anything is possible as long as you're passionate. Passion drives success. So if this is something that you truly want, go for it. Like you don't have to quit your job. We didn't quit Nickelodeon right away. We built our website in the background while working at Nickelodeon. We filmed projects while working at Nickelodeon. Like we created a backbone so that we were comfortable to leave Nickelodeon. And I think that's important. Doing your research and building some sort of path. But at the same time, it's just like passion is going to drive you to success. And just making those small steps. And I remember, Michael, you told me something that really stood out in the beginning of just like my creative journey, really trying to transition from, you know, like a full-time employee to an entrepreneur. And you mentioned, you know, you don't always have to feel like you have to stay there. Because my fear when I got started was, well, what if I have to go back to a full-time job? Like, because I don't have that, you know, enough money to keep this going. And you're like, that's okay. Like, that is okay. That does not mean you have to give up on your passion. You can still keep working on your passion. You're just, again, making that sacrifice to go back to, you know, potentially go back to a full-time job while being able to also um, work on your passion. Like, you know, so that was something that just when you guys were talking about just getting started like that, I think that a lot of the times people feel like they have to have it all figured it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I feel like people think to get to like their end goal, there's they have this very clear path in mind of how they're going to get there. And when another opportunity comes up that isn't part of that idea that they had, they feel like that is going to throw them off. But really, maybe that's the step you need to take to get to your end mm-hmm. goal. So you really have to be open to anything that comes your way. Yeah, I think that's a huge factor. And it is, you know, there's been jobs that, we were like, I don't know about that. That's going to take time away from Living Long at Films. Like, we shouldn't do it. But then we talk about it, and we end up taking the job, and it connects us with somebody who is then getting a Living Long at Film. You know? Like, yeah. you never know the trajectory of things. So if an opportunity arises, I say take it, unless it's super derailing of your plan. But if there's any potential in it, I say take it. The whole, like part-time job or full-time job on the side like why not you know that's something that's gonna keep you afloat so that you're able to pursue your passion not everyone's able to completely quit and go full in on you know what they're passionate about and that's okay I know in your business there's been moments where you guys have had to take a pause on creating legacy videos and you've had to take on full-time gigs like the Mm -hmm. CBS gig has anything come from that? Because I know that you said something, you know, you took that step, that stepping stool. So what opportunities have come from working for CBS and, you know, putting a pause to one side of your business and focusing on more of like the television reality show aspect of things? It's been like priceless because we at first were like, okay, 
all in, living lock at films, nothing else. Like we're we're not gonna like really work in the industry anymore. Like this is it. Let's go all out, living lock at films. And then Jen found this opportunity on Facebook about this directing position, director slash director of photography for this show on CBS. And we were like, well, crap, this isn't legacy work, but that's okay. This is like a huge opportunity. Let's take it, let's go with it, and we'll figure it out. So we applied, we got the job, and we learned through working with this TV show, because it was such a small crew, we learned like we could make a TV show too. So it gave us confidence that we could do this too, and it taught us so much about what it takes to create a TV show. And then we hopped on, or I hopped on another TV show, um, Our Wedding Story, where I worked with these two super talented filmmakers, and I learned more than I ever thought possible about like documentary style filming. And now we're taking all this knowledge we learned from these two TV shows and we're implementing it on our own business. So if we were like, nope, we're only doing Living Locket Films, this is it, we'd be put in this bubble where we couldn't really learn from anyone. So we just learned so much about filmmaking, about how to use the equipment properly, how to create a TV show. It just gave us so much to work with. Yeah, it was invaluable. And going back to something Michael said earlier, every time we have a job opportunity presented, there's we base it off of what's the value of this. And it's not always the monetary value. In this case, obviously working for a television show, there was a good paycheck involved. But more so than the monetary value, this was so valuable in that I was learning how to operate a television grade camera. Like I was acquiring a new skill. It was a resume builder. I now have camera operator on a television show on my resume. Michael has his first television show that he directed. So it was a resume builder as well, which was value that we couldn't pass up. You know, that was such an incredible opportunity. We're learning that they all complement each other. The video examples we showed for that CBS show was actually our Living Locket Films video examples. And that's like this niche that no one is doing in LA. So they're getting all these demo reels that are the same stuff, same stuff. Then all of a sudden there's these videos with heart and with like this different style and it stood us out against everyone else. So then we booked that job and then we booked more Living Locket Films clients because we say we are directing for television and it just kind of, yeah, they, they just complement each, each other, yeah. That's amazing to hear. And Michael, I know that you had always wanted to be a director. Um, and so how did you feel when you got your first uh, TV director gig? Girl, I was crying. <laughs> I was so happy. We, ha we have a video of it, actually. I've never posted it. I don't know if I ever will, but it was huge. Like, that's always what I wanted to do. And then I finally booked the job. Well, that sounds amazing. I am so proud of you guys. Like I have said before, you guys are incredible. And everything that you guys do, you put all of your heart into it. Unfortunately, I have to wrap up this interview, but I want to know what you guys define as bold. What is it to be bold? Because as you guys know, this podcast is all about stepping out of your comfort zone and becoming the best version of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, wherever you need to better yourself 
in your life taking that next step so what it doesn't mean to be bold come on give me your best answer being bold to me means going after a goal that seems super unrealistic it means moving into your dad's house so you can save money it means changing your lifestyle to go after this goal that people think is actually pretty crazy you're going after it means telling your friends that you can't go out because you need to save money being bold means not caring about what people think because you have such a passion for what you want to accomplish that you don't give a shit what other people think. Being bold is about going against the norm because it brings you happiness. That's what being bold means to me. Whoa, well that was amazing. Great answer. Thank you for not only being a part of this, but helping me record. Guys, we're all set up in their studio right now and it looks very professional. <laughs> so thank you. Well, thank you, Carla. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate you having us. We're so excited that we're your first ever podcast guest. That's super cool. Definitely. We can't wait to hear the next episodes and wish you luck in this new venture. I couldn't have had anybody else as my first guest you guys are seriously my best friends you guys have been an inspiration in my entrepreneurial journey so thank you thank you thank you <laughs> all right carla talk to you soon thanks for having us bye bye well i hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with jen and michael be sure to check out their website living rocket films to know more about their business and book a legacy film i'll leave all the links to their pages in the podcast description so be sure to go and check them out after this conversation but i wanted to touch base on some things that i got out of this conversation so one of the things that stuck out from this conversation was the fact that you do have to sacrifice certain things and I am a big believer that you can have it all. You can have that dream house, the dream job, the dream relationship. But there are going to be moments where you're going to have to choose certain things about your lifestyle that maybe you want but can't have. And it doesn't mean that it's a forever thing. But while you're working to build something, you have to really make sacrifices and it really shows in the way that Michael and Jen are grateful for the opportunities that they've got, um, the opportunities that they say yes and no to. And the fact that although they do have a business and they are full-time freelancers, they aren't afraid to say yes to an opportunity that comes knocking at their door like shooting for a television show. It really shows that they're bold in a way that means not caring about what other people say and having a the bigger vision of things and focusing on that rather than the noise around them. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation and they're doing incredible things. So once again, go ahead and follow them. I will see you guys next week for a solo episode. I'll be talking about something that's close to my heart. So I hope you guys stay tuned. Talk to you later. Bye.